Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, is proud to feature a three-episode series dedicated to the topic of water utility resilience during these extraordinary times. The episodes are adapted from recorded Zoom conversations with Xylem executives, leaders, and experts, and include commentary on the strong partnerships, digital solutions, and advanced innovations that are central to the industry's ability to keep water accessible, safe, and affordable during these trying times. Welcome to episode two in a three-part Solving Water series focused on water utility resilience. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and this episode has a special two-segment format featuring an interview with Xylem's president and CEO, Patrick Decker, followed by a discussion with vice president and general manager at Xylem, Al Cho. They share their perspectives on the significance of strong partnerships and advanced innovation in creating the water utility of the future. Enjoy the conversations. So excited to be here with you today, Patrick. This is Patrick Decker, Xylem's president and CEO. Um, and we're here to talk about building or helping water utilities rather um, build a more resilient future and we're doing in the different ways that we're helping doing that, whether that's via partnerships or innovation, um, some of our technologies, et cetera. So I kind of just want to just thank you so much for being here and then just kind of jump right in. Thank, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I, I wish we were all in person, but, uh, you know, we do the best yeah. we can. I want to talk a little bit about um, how utilities uh, have been on the front lines of mm-hmm. um, doing some really heroic stuff during the, the pandemic and just making sure water is is still reaching the communities. And just wondering um, how we're working with our customers to help them navigate these challenging times and sort of prepare for the future? Well, Amanda, first, I just want to give uh, a huge thank you um, to every one of our uh, utilities that are out there that are working on the front line. Uh, It's hard to believe that we are now almost seven months into this pandemic. And uh, the number of times that I have been uh, holding leadership meetings by Zoom uh, or, you know, uh, ask me anything sessions by Zoom. And I hear some noise outside of my house and it is frontline utility workers, uh, whether it be on the water side, whether it be uh, on energy. Uh, it's just amazing to see what they're doing. And so to me, I again, huge thanks to, to everyone on the utilities front for what you're doing. Uh, you know, I would say that at the onset of the pandemic, uh, you know, we were very much partnering with our customers to enable them to do remote monitoring uh, of assets to protect as much as, as they can uh, their frontline workers uh, and, and trying to help them be safe uh, and just help them do what they need to do in a more uh, efficient manner. Uh to me, one of the big things that have come out of this pandemic uh, is affordability. You know, I, I think that uh, it's easy for us to focus only on the health aspect of the pandemic, but we also know the racial and social inequity challenges that we've been uh, addressing here in the U.S. but around the world. 
And water sits at the forefront of that. And so how we can help our utility customers do things in a more economic uh, and affordable way is a really big deal uh, for us. Uh, you know, we are here to partner with not just the utilities, but also our engineering consulting firms uh, that we that we consider to be our friends and colleagues. We've got to find ways to help our utilities provide safe, clean drinking water and manage wastewater in a far more affordable way. Is there anything specific that you can point to um, in, in terms of how we are doing this? Because I know that um, that that was actually one of my next questions is to talk about just not not just the pandemic. Obviously, there's a lot going on in our world right now. Wildfires, hurricanes, yep. um, all sorts of stuff. So um, generally speaking, there's like this the impact, the economic impact of the pandemic and all these things going on are really weighing heavily on our, our water utilities right now, our customers. Yeah, I, I, you know, there, there are a number of, you know, I would say the, the, the best answers to that question actually come from the success of our customers uh, and the utilities. And when I look at the innovative ways that they are addressing their big challenges, uh, which are around the area of scarcity of water. Uh, it's around building resilient infrastructure, whether it be to, we used to talk about to, uh, you know, water-related challenges. Now you could say to the pandemic, uh, but third, how they do that in an affordable way. So there are, there's a laundry list of examples that I could give. I'll mention one or two here. Uh, and I'll, I'll give, I'll give a big shout out to, uh, hopefully some, uh, some water leaders that are, that are, that are online going to watch this. Uh, so, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, is a fantastic example where they've used our, uh, visualization and analytic tools and building a digital twin to help them better understand how their water network uh, is can be most optimized. They took what was going to be a capital infrastructure program of over $1 billion. And they used the power of digital tools to reduce that to less than $50 million. Wow. You know, Park City, Utah, another great example uh, where they've cut their water losses by 10%. And that's had a significant impact on uh, the affordability of water within their community. Xylem mm -hmm. is doing some wonderful things with our partners. And this is where, you know, I'd love to get your perspective on the importance of social value in the role yeah. that it's playing and in, in kind of bringing this affordability piece um, to the forefront. You know, I, I, it's uh, the challenges I think that have been brought on by the pandemic are not new. Uh, you know, they've been here, but I think like most things with the pandemic, uh, you know, we were, you know, it's, it's, what remains the same, but has been accelerated versus what is entirely new. And 
We've been as Xylem. I've been here now almost seven years, which is hard to believe. Uh, and one of the things that really drew me to Xylem uh, was at that time a program that we call Watermark, which at the time was a typical kind of you know CSR you know philanthropy program, and. I've been working so hard with the broader organization over the last almost seven years to really embed it into the company that Watermark is only one dimension of how we can create social value uh, as a company. And most of my peers as leaders say, well, Patrick, of course you can talk about social value because you lead a water company. And what I've said to so many of our uh, uh, colleagues and our customers and our partners around the world is, I don't care what your company does. You need to have a purpose. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you need to have a purpose as to how are you creating social value in what you do. Now, with us, Again, we're blessed. We're in the water sector. And so we've got some terrific examples. Again, you know, when I say let's solve water, I always, I always say to my, my peers across the industry, uh, get rid of the apostrophe and it says, let us solve water. Because we as Xylem, we're not in this on our own. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there that are doing phenomenal work. So some very specific examples, uh, you know, we've got great partnerships with uh, City Football Group. So, you know, Manchester City, uh, you know, New York City Football Club, uh, fantastic partnership. And the viewership and the access that we're getting to youth around the world is outstanding. They are a tremendous organization. And they talk about how do they change the world through youth and football? And we talk about how do we change the world through youth and water. Then you go to Water Boys. I mean, Chris Long, what a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. And his organization and what they're doing, again, to create awareness amongst youth about the issue of water, not just around the world, but in the, in the, in the poorest communities right here uh, in the U.S., then we've got the Water Well Trust that we've built a fantastic partnership with. And so my, my encouragement to anyone who's watching this is think about the resources that you have at your disposal and reach out and lift someone up. There are so many organizations that are out there trying to make a difference. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we use our platform to be able to empower them to go do that. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've been with Xylem uh, just about seven years as well. And it's abundantly clear to me how um, much Watermark has evolved since I started with the company um, in just the most wonderful ways in terms of just the, just the deep, how deep it's getting into um, 
each and every one of our uh, uh, capabilities, we, our, our, our um, uh, local volunteerism or uh, just, just the expansion of the program in general has been just really wonderful to be a part of. But Amanda, I mean, it's again, it's it's folks like it's folks like you and all your colleagues. You're you're the ones that make it happen every day. I mean, I you know, you choose every morning when you wake up. Are you going to go make a difference? That's a choice that only you can make. Nobody else can make it for you. And you know, I was on a uh, in a session the other day uh, with our uh, engineering leadership development program colleagues. And just like so many other sessions I'm a part of, uh, we spend a lot of time talking about they, like anyone watching this broadcast, can choose where they're going to spend their time every day. And they choose to spend it in the water sector because they want to make a difference. And that, to me, is what matters most. Well, it like I said, it's just wonderful to be a part of it and to also to see um, just that evolution continue. Um, I have w- just one more question for you, Patrick, and it's totally off script. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but I'm curious because um, th- this concept of like a silver lining, for example, or how opportunities come out of some of the most darkest or the most the darkest times. And and so just, you know, the, the past six, seven months have been a journey for everyone and, and probably especially you as the leader of this company. And I just, um, you know, what is one of the more interesting or surprising things that's come out of this pandemic for you so far? Like what's what's your silver lining? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's off script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, um, seeing people come together, you know, I, I remember again, almost seven months ago, um, looking outside and seeing so many uh, people walking by my house that, you know, again, you know, they're staying at home, uh, taking care of their children. And I had never seen so many people waving each other, saying hello, how you doing? You know, I, I grew up in a small town in Indiana. And, uh, you know, anytime you were driving down a country road and you pass somebody, you always waved. Uh, and I can relate. Yeah. I'm from the and Midwest, I, too. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I missed that. And I, you know, I saw that. Um, what I worry a little bit about is it seems to be going away a little bit. Uh, and I don't want to lose that. Uh, I really don't want to lose that. It was that sense of we're all in this together. And uh, so that camaraderie, I would say, uh, is probably the number one thing that comes to mind for me. Two was just the incredible uh, commitment of, again, all of our frontline colleagues. As you've heard me say before, Amanda, I mean, 
we talk about people working remote, staying at home. There are so many of our colleagues that are out there on the front line servicing our customers who are on the front lines uh, that have continued to just make it happen. Uh, you know, just get up every morning and go do what they got to do in a very safe way. But that sense of just humanity, I think, is one of the things that has been uh, the silver lining for me. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate you sitting down with me today and, and just uh, sharing some thoughts with me and some insights. Um, and hopefully we'll have you on another uh, episode of Solving Water or some other broadcast soon. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Amanda. I appreciate that. To hear more discussions about challenges and trends in today's water industry, tune in to our other shows on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, including In the Field with Gould's Water Technology about issues impacting the residential and agricultural markets, Through the Water Cycle, a series reviewing every aspect of the water utilities segment from treatment to monitoring and reuse, and the Bell & Gossip podcast focused on HVAC and plumbing systems for commercial building services. Stream, download, and subscribe for these episodes and more. Good afternoon. I'm Amanda Holloway, and I'm so glad to be here today with you, Al Cho, Vice President and General Manager at Xylem. Um, We're going to talk a little bit today about innovation and strong partnerships and the integral role that they play in um, creating more resilient water utilities. So especially especially these times in um, the face of COVID-19. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Amanda. All right. So let's start with um, utilities being on the front lines in the pandemic. And they're doing some heroic work to keep the water flowing for communities. Um, How are we working with our customers to help them navigate these challenging times? Well, Amanda, you're exactly right that utilities have been uh, heroic over the course of the last six, uh, six or seven months as we've been addressing the challenge of COVID all around the world. I think when we look back at the history of the COVID pandemic, one of the things that people will highlight is just how many things worked well in our water systems, thanks largely to the efforts of people who show up at work or show up on site every day. Uh, to make sure that there's clean water for people to wash their hands with and that the wastewater uh, is taken away uh, safely uh, and effectively in our communities. The reality, though, is it wasn't hard. At the beginning of the pandemic, we heard from so many of our clients around the world that uh, their systems just weren't really engineered for uh, having people not show up to work, um, for there to be social distancing. Um, And there was just a lot of concern and consternation over how uh, water systems uh, could maintain operational resilience in a world where so many things were changing. And some places went to extraordinary measures. Uh, We heard of a number of water and wastewater treatment utilities where, uh, you know, 10 or 15 people just got in a bus and lived on site, uh, socially isolating to make sure that there was always somebody who knew how to operate the treatment plant healthy and available. We saw some extraordinary examples of collaboration between neighboring utilities to share personnel and equipment and expertise uh, in case anything went wrong. And again, I think it's just the uh, wonderful spirit of collaboration and community in our sector that led to an outcome where 
Very few utilities experienced operational challenges that prevented them from delivering vital services during the pandemic. But it could have been a lot easier. And I think one of the things that we heard from utilities that had made investments, in particular in digital technologies, is that they had an easier time riding the bumps and unpredictable uh, angles of the pandemic uh, than those who still relied heavily on manual processes. And so utilities, for example, that had advanced metering infrastructure didn't have to send out meter readers, didn't have to worry about meter readers being healthy or sick or homeowners being upset that there were people showing up on their premises to read their meters. In fact, their lives were largely unchanged because their meters were still collecting information, giving utilities real-time operational insight into a critical part of their distribution network. And similarly, on the wastewater side, you know, we heard from a number of utilities that as people started to buy more of these uh, disinfecting wipes and wanting to get them out of the house as quickly as possible, they'd flush them down the toilet and they'd get stuck in pipes um, where they'd clog things up and cause more clogs over the course of six weeks than some utilities had seen in six months. And where utilities had made investments in digital solutions that include really advanced pumping systems, remote monitoring, and uh, real-time maintenance and uh, uh, control, uh, we were able to see, um, in some cases, zero clogs during that same period. And each one of those avoided callouts uh, represents a significant freeing of bandwidth, capacity, of, uh, of time for people to go work on other things that are critical to keep all of the operations up and running in a difficult time. And so, uh, look, it was a situation um, that continues. Um, and in the first phase of it, I think uh, the, the really exciting news is that people were able to come together around solutions that kept water flowing. Um, but I think it also exposed some real differences in how we might want to approach things in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. So then if you could take that a step further and talk a little bit about um, how the digital assets that Xylem has um, combined with the expertise that our people have are really helping um, water utilities with um, economic and environmental benefits? That's a great question. Uh, let's just think about it at three levels, and I'll stay in the, the, the wastewater universe for the moment since this is left tech. Um, you know, in the first instance, you think about devices. And, you know, part of the challenges that I was just describing with uh, clogs the thing that really kills me is that this is largely a preventable problem, that there's a lot of old pumping systems moving wastewater around uh, our country, around North America, all around the world. And what we've seen with demonstrable evidence is that implementing really intelligent, rugged pumping systems like Flight Concerter, which is uh, the latest in the line of artificial intelligence powered pumping systems from Xylem, uh, is that clogs can be virtually eliminated even in situations where you have really complicated flows of wastewater. And so this is a problem that doesn't need to exist anymore if you leverage the latest digital technology in the wastewater system. And so that's uh, one example of how, you know, Xylem has really been focused on technologies that support resilience in different circumstances. Nobody could have predicted that this pandemic was going to happen um, in the way that it did, or that one of the first order implications was going to be that there will be way more non-woven uh, wipes flowing into our wastewater network. But the fact is that we've been working on building more and more resilient and more and more intelligent wastewater collection solutions for the sector. And that's put us in a position where we can offer that to, to our clients 
to help them build systems that require less human intervention so they can focus on things that really matter. If you move up a layer in the stack, think about communications and monitoring. One of the things that we heard from a number of utilities as well is that where they didn't have connected pump stations, they'd have to send people out periodically during the day just to go check and see if everything was okay. Again, not a great use of people hours and bandwidth in a period where it's difficult to get people out into the field and ensure their safety. We have a set of solutions that enable people to monitor all of their pump assets and all of their routine equipment very easily in a single connected cloud-based dashboard, which tells people where there are challenges without ever having to leave their office or in some cases, even their laptop at home. And by connecting more and more devices to the cloud securely and efficiently, utilities gain the capability to monitor and manage systems even if they can't send people out into the field because their people need to focus on other things or because they don't have the right PPE to do so. And again, think about this from the perspective of ongoing resilience. It's not all about COVID. If you think about the fires in California uh, and the West Coast, one of the things that we hear is that with air quality getting worse and worse, people are trying to minimize the number of truck rolls and field service visits uh, that they expose workers to. And in the interest of worker health and safety, creating solutions that help them monitor solutions um, and systems without ever having to leave the safety of uh, a climate controlled building uh, can enhance the ability of utilities to maintain operational continuity safely uh, without having to expose uh, their workers to greater risk. And then at the kind of uh, top level of the stack, you can think about it from the perspective of data analytics and system optimization. It's not just about pumps and pumping stations and rotating equipment. It's about managing the entire network and its ability to safely collect and manage wastewater during uh, a period when um, there may be heavy rains, hurricanes, fewer people available on staff, all of these intersecting crises and issues that we've seen all around the country, um, all around the world. And they're the ability to automate and predict uh, network activity uh, can be a huge benefit to utilities that are trying to, again, focus on what matters most. And so we've uh, developed um, through uh, the acquisition of a company called Mnet, uh, a platform called BlueX, which enables us to create a real-time operational decision support system for the entire wastewater collection network. And what that does is it enables utilities to process all of the information that's coming in about weather, about their existing assets, about their historical performance, about the capacity in their system in different spots, and make real-time operational choices that avoid environmental harms from happening. And so, for example, um, we've seen a number of cities where the BlueX platform has been deployed, the elimination of dry weather overflows uh, and a significant reduction in combined sewer or wet weather overflows, even in situations where they haven't had to build new capital, uh, make new capital investments to expand their sewer infrastructure. And so if you take all of these different pieces together, you know, smart devices, the ability to connect and monitor the broader range of assets that are in a system, and then the ability to put that into a smart real-time decision support system, you can see how digital technologies are really coming into their own and their ability not just to cut costs and to reduce maintenance hours and to improve system life, et cetera, but actually to dramatically extend the operational resilience and management capacity of a wastewater utility in a time when that's so important. And so as we start to see different crises emerge, because the one thing we can tell you is that the next one isn't gonna look like this one, uh, giving ourselves 
more tools and enhancing the capability of the very talented people that we have working in the wastewater sector around the United States is a really important um, and I would say almost imperative uh, task for our sector going forward. So the next thing I wanted to ask you about um, is just that, again, that thought of really strong partnerships and how, you know, we're coming together with the water utilities to help them um, and help give them the access to these things that you've been talking about. And so um, if you can talk a little bit about how we're partnering with water utilities, I know we have a new initiative out, new program that we're working with them that you're um, leading. So it'd be great to hear your thoughts on that. Absolutely. Well, I want to start by saying that our partnerships with um, our utility uh, partners um, aren't purely commercial or technological ones. They start with a rootedness in the communities that we jointly serve. And so one of the major um, areas that we focused on during the course of the pandemic has been a community assistance grants program, where we've uh, worked with partners all around the world to ask, you know, are there community organizations that are doing mission critical work that need some support? And um, we're delighted that through our Watermark program, we've made a number of grants uh, ranging from supporting um, hospital workers in certain parts of the country um, in the US to delivering PPE to rural utilities um, around the country that had less ability to access protective equipment. That's a really important piece of what we do. Um, Also, in addition to what we're doing with communities, we're also partnering with uh, leaders in our sector to make sure that we're advancing the ball on things like worker safety. So um, one of the things I'm sure Patrick will talk about at greater length is working with the Water Environment Federation on the naming of our first chief medical officer, Dr. Andrew Sanderson, who's just uh, an absolutely impressive um, thought leader in the world of epidemiology, uh, gastroenterology, and uh, you know, interestingly enough, because it has implications for our sector too, health equity. And so by working closely with leading organizations like WEF, you know, Xylem's support can reach not just the utilities that we serve directly, but also workers um, who support our industry day in and day out all around the world. And I think the third area that I'd um, zero in on is just the partnerships that we have with um, our utility clients around uh, the country and around the world. Um, we, uh, as a, a provider of advanced products, services, and solutions, have a portfolio of capabilities that are really relevant to uh, this moment. And to meet that moment, we've been making them available to our clients um, in a number of different ways, including, for example, offering uh, pilot deployments of mission-critical monitoring capabilities uh, without even talking about payment uh, to help utilities figure out how do we, in the near term, get access to monitoring technologies that help us divert our focus elsewhere to things where we really need the, the brains and the hands of our people uh, turning the wheel. And so we've made some of our digital intelligence capabilities available to utilities uh, free of charge during the COVID pandemic. And just to, to build on uh, the last point of what you're asking about, Amanda, you know, we've been working really closely with our client utilities to help them access the full range of Zion's capabilities. So, for example, we have a number of what we call client solutions managers that are working with utilities around the country just to ask the question, what do you need help with in this time? Because the question and the answer will be different in every utility based on their own individual circumstances. In some cases, they want to move faster on treatment plant automation. And so we'll work with them on piloting out what that looks like in terms of building a digital twin that they can use for real-time operational and decision support 
for critical infrastructure like wastewater treatment plants. Um, in other cases, it'll be help us get up and running with a new monitoring capability for our drinking water distribution network because what we really want to focus on right now is preventing water main breaks. And so whether it's through um, an analysis of where we think those breaks are most likely, whether it's the elimination of pressure transients and surges, or whether it's a kind of wide area leak uh, detection and monitoring network that helps them target where they should be dedicating really scarce resources to go after the biggest sources of water loss first. Those are all of the kinds of projects that through our digital capabilities, we're able to bring to our clients to solve some of these really persistent needs in a way that requires a lot less effort and a lot less money than conventional approaches. And I think that's probably the really important uh, second piece of the conversation around COVID and resilience, which is, you know, we focused a lot around the first order operational challenges around COVID, whether it's not having enough people, not having enough uh, boots on the ground to go out and solve problems, and having a rising threat environment around more and more wipes going into the network. But equally important is the financial resilience component, which will play out over not just the next couple of months, but the next couple of years. You know, Wes and Nakwa have done a lot of really good work on trying to understand where is that taking us in terms of, you know, future financial impacts on the wastewater utilities of the world, um, given that the water demand patterns and the economic environment facing most of our communities is really uncertain right now. And what we do know is that going forward, all utilities are going to have to be even more careful stewards of resources in an environment where the uh, external context is changing so quickly. And one of the ways that we can do that is by using digital solutions, particularly around advanced analytics and optimization tools to do more, i.e. improve the level of service with fewer resources while maintaining public safety and the environment. And the way to do that is by looking for all of the sources of potential waste that currently exist in the system, whether that be energy consumption or chemical consum consumption on an operating basis, but also by thinking about our capital programs by way of the lens of, can we still achieve what we want to achieve with a dramatically lower level of, of investment if we make better use of our existing assets? And that's really the core question that uh, we've been going after in a number of communities um, with uh, utility leaders that wants to achieve significant improvements in environmental quality while maintaining affordability of the services in their communities. And the way that they found to do that is to really radically rethink how do we make the best use of our existing assets? And so in Buffalo, New York, um, this uh, project won, I think, the National Public Works Project of the Year Award last year by... Uh, the Buffalo Sewer Authority's really thoughtful and visionary approach toward using the existing sewage conveyance network they had to better retain stormwater um, during wet weather events to avoid any sewer overflows into um, the, uh, the Great Lakes. That's visionary because what it means is that the city is able to dramatically improve environmental outcomes while saving ratepayers a dramatic amount of money by better leveraging existing assets. We have similar examples like that. Uh, people have probably heard of um, South Bend, Indiana's smart sewers, uh, but there are other examples like Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the utility was looking at a comprehensive effort to reduce inflow and infiltration into their wastewater network to save energy at the treatment plants and also to reduce the likelihood of any overflows happening during wet weather events. And what they were able to do is to leverage our Blue X platform 
to create a comprehensive digital twin of their uh, their collection network and identify where is the INI coming from, so that they were able to zero in on the areas that mattered most and were able to eliminate nearly a billion dollars of capital expense that they could then spend on other things to improve their community. And so, so much of this is about using information in a different way to make better use of capital dollars while maintaining or improving the total level of service, but at the same time ensuring long-term affordability for community members, particularly in an environment where the economic context is so uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like the um, it's sort of serendipitous that we've been developing these technologies um, and digital solutions over time. And now here we are at a point where we've got a pandemic, we have some, you know, uh, like climate shifting, things happening um, in the world that uh, we're, we're better prepared to help with. Um, I did want to shift to one, just ask one question about where sustainability sort of fits in this piece of the capital, um, optimizing capital um, investment and, you know, saving the, the financial resilience piece of it. Yeah. Well, sustainability runs at the heart of everything that we do at Xylem. It's not just uh, something that we write a report on once a year. It's something that our goals are aligned to um, really across the organization because it matters to all of our stakeholders, whether that be our people, the communities that we serve, the clients that we serve, uh, or our shareholders who give us the capital that we need to deliver um, new technologies and new business models to the sector. And so sustainability isn't a buzzword, it's a way of being. And when we look at the kinds of solutions that we're targeting here, so much of it is about creating an impact through the great work of our clients. Remember, our wastewater utility workers, our wastewater utility leaders are people who have dedicated their lives to public service, to creating a sustainable impact in their communities, often with resources that are too little uh, to do all of the things that needs to happen. And so what we do from a sustainability perspective is to try to think about what tools can we put in the hands of these public servants to take the resources that they do have and accomplish even more. And when they accomplish even more, they're reducing sewer overflows, they're reducing water loss, they're contributing to the economic health and vitality of their communities. And it's that handprint of the work that we do, uh, which is so critical to sustainability. So when we are able to reduce sewage overflows by improving pumping systems and by improving the operation of entire networks through the optimization of existing assets, thereby releasing capital that can be reinvested in the community. All of those things contribute to our vision of sustainable outcomes for the communities that we serve. Wow, that's um, fantastic. Um, and and just uh, really important during these times. So I think um, I just have one more question and we can kind of close up on just uh, circling back to the pandemic and <clears throat> Just one of the things, you know, what's one of the biggest takeaways for you um, coming out of this pandemic? I know we're not out of it yet, but one of, what is one of the bigger takeaways for you and um, how do you think it will help shape the future of water? That's a great question. I think one of the things that I'm taking away from all of this is that so many of the things that we thought were not possible, we've learned how to do really fast. And I think that's incredibly inspiring because if you'd asked most workplaces in the world, do you think you can operate with everybody just working offsite, right? 
Um, I think uh, a year ago, most managers, most team members would say, no, this, it's, it's, it's so essential for us all to be in the same place every day. And, uh, you know, there's a great quote from Nelson Mandela that um, I always kind of keep in mind, which is that everything, you know, these things seem impossible until they have happened. And um, all of these things that we thought could never happen um, have been done. And I think there's something very uh, analogous to that in terms of the digital transformation of our sector, right? There have been so many objections and fears and concerns, many of them well-founded, right? Um, none of these are, are, are dumb concerns. They're all grounded in really good um, values and responsible um, questions, right? But, um, you know, can we migrate things to the cloud? Can we operate more digitally? You know, is this too much for us to take on? And by hook or by crook, I think what we'll see six months from now is that many utilities have gone way further on their digital journey in the last six months than they thought they could go uh, in years. And I think one of the things that that's doing is opening up the aperture for our sector to say, you know what, um, we thought this was uh, going to be really hard and maybe it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but we've done so much. Now let's really think about what's possible when we're no longer kind of under the gun in terms of daily operational unpredictabilities around the evolution of this pandemic, because, you know, knock on wood, we will be in a world of greater kind of um, uh, predictability, uh, particularly when there's a vaccine available. Uh, the, um, that will then be able to step back and say, you know, what can we do now, right? That, that so many of the things that we were afraid of turned out to be things that we can solve. Because I think there should be this uh, tremendous feeling of pride in our industry about the fact that so many difficult things have been solved in such a short amount of time because we've had great people working together with other communities, with technology providers like Xylem, with all kinds of stakeholders that you know may have been unlikely partners um, in the past to join hands, solve thorny issues, and hopefully set our whole sector up for an even brighter future than we could possibly have imagined before this. That's the silver lining and the renewal that can come from crisis. And I'm really excited that I think the seeds for that have already been planted. Well, Al, this has been um, really, really appreciate you taking some time to speak with me today and share your insights and perspective on, you know, how we're really coming together during these challenging times and um, especially with the pandemic. And then, you know, also really take hold of some great opportunities throughout that process. So really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thank you so much for your time, Miranda. It was always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for tuning in to Solving Water for today's episode featuring the insights and perspectives of Xylem's President and CEO, Patrick Decker, and Al Cho, Vice President and General Manager. More information about Xylem's digital solutions and social investment, as well as the video version of these discussions can be found in the show notes. As always, please share your feedback with me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com.